Hey guys, we're Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online for your business for less than $500 a month. We have been using the Workplay method to launch visual marketing strategies for businesses all over North America and Europe. If you are wanting to uplevel your marketing, we are giving listeners of the Workplay podcast an exclusive video bonus offer on their first workplace shoot for free when you DM us the word podcast. This offer is valued at $1,500. And again, we are giving this away for free. To claim this offer, go to at Workplay Branding on Instagram and DM us podcast to claim this exclusive free video bonus offer valued at $1,500. That is at Workplay Branding on Instagram. DM us the word podcast. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Workplay Podcast, where we deep dive into how to create a visual marketing strategy that actually moves the needle. Take a peek inside the minds of hundreds of Workplay members who have created successful visual campaigns that have generated millions in revenue. There's so many different aspects to brand reputation, right? How do you make people feel? How do you present your visual identity goes into that? What feelings do you invoke in people? What are your values? But there's also a sense of your business, which means you have to show a sense of professionalism. And if you don't own your brand, you're asking people to buy something from you, but you don't even own it. You don't even own what you're selling. So. What's the point of continuing to invest in something, meaning your business, when you don't even own it? And then how can you say, hey, I want you to pay me money and I want you to invest in my brand, but I don't even own my brand. Does it really make sense? Chandler, welcome to the Workplay Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to get into the strategy episode with you because not only is creating a brand important, but protecting that brand is equally as important, which you are just an expert in. But first, what is your business and how long have you been in business? Yes, absolutely. So my business is Lethal Legal. It's a virtual intellectual property law firm serving entrepreneurs worldwide for almost five years. So we help people get ownership to their brands. And we'll obviously have a whole discussion on what that means and what that entails. Walk us through what it actually means to protect your brand. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions of what this actually means. Could you tell us in a very granular way what it means? It means having ownership of the assets that you're creating for your brand, right? So there's multiple different ways to protect your brand, right? Through contracts or trademarks or copyrights, whatever it is. But it really comes down to having ownership of the assets and the work product and everything that you put out into the world, because you do not own those things unless you have those legal protections. When you say assets, what do you mean by that? For example, your brand name, your logo, the name of your signature offers, your slogans, your taglines, your courses, your programs, your products, your online store, your apparel, your memberships, a non-exhaustive list, but that's a good starting point. When you say protect the brand of those assets, what are the things that people have to do in order to protect those things? What kind of leverage do you have when you protect these things? 
So to protect it, to get ownership over those assets, you have to get a trademark. A trademark is what is going to get you ownership of the things that you're creating. And when we say a trademark, we mean you are owning the name, the logo, the tagline, whatever it is, you're owning the name of what you're putting out into the world. So a lot of times we're talking about protect your brand. That really comes down to owning your brand because a lot of people think, well, I started my brand, so I own it. It's mine. That's false. A lot of people think, well, I have an LLC. I filed for the LLC. See, here's the name. It's mine. That's false. A lot of people say, well, I filed a trademark with the state. I have a trade name with the state or a DBA or whatever it is. So I own it. See, it's mine. When that's actually false, the only way to own your brand is through a trademark, a federally registered trademark. What are the implications of not protecting it in this way? So this is twofold. One, if you're on the side of, I'm starting a brand, I'm building a brand, or hey, you've already been in business for XYZ and you're continuing to build it because you love it. My question is, what's the point in building a business that you can't own, right? If, you, if your mission is to truly build a brand, build a business, a company, you want to leave a legacy, what's the point in building something you can't own, right? The other side of that is someone can come in and take it and then they own it. And then what? your SOL. So if you're spending all this time, this money and energy investing into yourself and into your brand to build something, you also need to take steps to make sure that you actually own what you're building. The other side of that is that if you don't do that and you don't make sure, hey, this is even ownable because this is the flip side where we see a lot of a lot of business owners do this too. We're building a business, but we didn't make sure that no one else already owns this or XYZ or whatever it is, or something similar to it. If you start building something and then you're like, all right, I'm ready to own it. And then you check to see if you can own it. It turns out you can't. And then you spent all this time and this effort and this energy into building something again, that you can't ultimately own. What would you suggest to happen if someone has a brand or they're building the brand, but then they find out someone else owns it? What is the course of action? Talk to an attorney. <laughs> Step one, because you want to make there's here's the caveat to this, right? If you find a company that has another name that is the same or similar, it's going to depend. Did you stumble across the company or did they reach out to you and issue you a cease and desist? If they issued you a cease and desist, you absolutely need to talk to an attorney. If they didn't issue you a cease and desist, but now you're like, well, someone else has this company name. I don't know whether I should use it or not. It's going to depend on a few factors. And one of those is going to be how close are the services? Are they the same or are they similar to what you do? And that's not your determination. That has to be the legal determination, right? And a lot of people aren't necessarily trained on what that looks like. So while you may not think those services are the same or similar in the eyes of the law, they could be considered similar. For example, well, I do business consulting, but then there's also this business coaching membership. They're different things. Well, or marketing consulting, whatever it is, if they're in the same quote unquote class or category, because there's a handful of categories with the USPTO, then it could be considered too similar. What would not be considered too similar, for example, is Dove Soap versus Dove Chocolate. Same brand name, right? But two totally separate categories. And the reason the USPTO says 
you guys can both own this name. It's the same brand name and you guys can both own it is because there's no likelihood of confusion. You're hopefully, fingers crossed, we're intelligent enough. You're not going to walk into the soap aisle and start eating it like it's candy. You're not going to go into the candy aisle and start rubbing it all over your body like it's soap, right? There's, there's just, they're completely different channels of trade, completely different items, completely different categories. They say, hey, we're intelligent enough consumers. Nobody's going to get this confused. It should be fine. However, on the other hand, think of, you know, what, whatever the brand name is, there's say there's two brands. One has a yoga studio and the other has a sound bowl studio. There would likely be a likelihood of confusion there, right? They're not the exact same. They're not, but they're both studios that offer that kind of, you know, calming, relaxing, energetic type of services. So there would be overlap there. When people are launching offers that are a certain name or a certain feeling or aesthetic, and they only launch it like once a year, but they do it over and over and over again, is that another piece of their brand that they would also need to trademark? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it's something that is going to continue to serve you, I would 100% recommend trademarking it. I have courses or memberships or whatever it is trademarked for my own brand. So it's not just about owning the overall name of your brand. If you're in a place where you're like, I need to choose between one or the other, I'm going to always recommend starting with the overall name of your brand. Reason being, you're less likely to change the overall name of your brand than you are one of your brand assets, whether that's your membership, your program, your course, your whatever it is, right? It, that's going to be easier to change. The only realm in which I would say it's going to be just as difficult to change is if we're talking about a physical product, right? If we're talking about a physical product, that's a whole different ballgame because you're going to have so many packaging materials to the actual product itself and the brand is likely on those products that's where things get super finicky. Sometimes Workplay members do have products um, that they're launching or they're creating the visual brand for. Because not only, I didn't even think about the labeling, but also the photos that you're taking through the process. If you have to do a rebrand, those are no longer usable. Can you dive deeper into the product industry and how that relates to trademarks? Our product businesses always get like, the back end um, of the stick here because it's so much online business, but with product businesses, it's almost more important. Well, you could tell me if it's more important. I mean, I would say equally, if not more, because you're 100% right. It's, you know, when it comes to an online business, it's much easier, again, to change the name of a course. You're going in, you're changing the name on your website, your sales page, whatever it is, and on your internal documents, and then you can call it a day. Does the marketing, the original marketing that you did for it kind of go out of the window? A little bit, yeah, but you can take people along the ride because you're talking to them. It's online. You're, you're, you can convey, hey, this is what happened. You can tell them a story, and there's probably a good story and a less of it. When it comes to products, you're not operating in a way that you can tell everyone a story, right? You're not going to get on your socials and say, Hey, something happened. So we're changing the name of our products or this, this, and that, right? You just kind of have to do it and hope people follow along with that journey. So when it comes to products, 
there's kind of two angles that you want to protect here. Number one, you want to make sure that you're protecting the actual store that you're selling on. So if you're selling, when we're in the e-com land, if you sell a product, you probably need to protect your store also. Those are going to be two different trademarks. You're going to have a trademark for your online store, and then you're going to have a trademark for each individual product. Now, when I say each individual product, I don't mean that if you are offering skin, um, like skin moisturizer versus a skin tint that they are going or face masks that they are going to be in separate categories that that would likely be in the same category. But sometimes, especially if you offer a variety of different products, each different product is going to be in a different category. So you want to think about that whenever you are really building out your brand, because you want to make sure that your actual products are protected in every single category. For example, if you are selling clothes and you are selling candles and you are selling, say, coffee mugs, those are going to be in three different categories. They're three totally separate things and none of them are in the natural zone of kind of expansion, right? For example, belts and clothes are those are going to be in the same category. We're, we're talking about clothing as a whole, you know, but when you are diving into a variety of different products, there's multiple pieces to protect. And also that overall store piece as well, because you want to make sure that the name of your overall store is protected. The other thing is a lot of people will be like, Hey, this is the name of my overall store, but then each different product has a different brand, right? You could have products that are branded differently. So that would be another consideration. Is this the same brand name or is it a different brand name? And then when it comes to all of those things, it's really a non-negotiable, especially if you're in business or if you are in the e-com business, because you are investing so much money into those materials. I know how much packaging costs. And we're not talking just about, all right, you have the physical product itself. Let's take candles. You're going to have the physical product and then you have the label on the product and then you have the packaging that the product goes in. And then if you have a little cute card or something that you also put in there to send them, thank you for your purchase. Here's a 10% discount on your next purchase. That costs more money. And then you put it in another nice box and then you wrap it up and then you send it to them. Those are all different costs. Those are all different expenses. And if all of a sudden you find out one day, oh no, I can't use this. Oh no, I just got a cease and desist in the mail. And they're saying that I can't use this brand name and I need to stop using it within the next seven days or else they're going to sue me in federal court. That's going to be a really heart sinking feeling, not just because hey, I have to rebrand, that in and of itself is going to be an entire struggle. It's all the product that you currently have is no longer any good because it all has to be rebranded. The explanation of the product company really hits home for all businesses because even if you don't have a product, this is like the same idea, right? And, and maybe you kind of slide by a little bit easier than having to shut down and, and throw out product, but... That is right, like the umbrella of at which every business is operating under. Having to do a rebrand is huge and, and costly. And not to mention your brand is your reputation. That really hits home on why the trademark is so important. Because the reputation you're building, you're building, you're building. And then all of a sudden you, the thing that people recognize you for can no longer be used. 
I guess my question is, is like, what exactly is brand reputation for you and to you since you work in this field every single day? Why should people care about this? There's so many different aspects to brand reputation, right? It's how do you make people feel? How do you present your visual identity goes into that? Your whole brand identity as a whole really goes into that. What feelings do you invoke in people? What do you stand for? What are your values? There's so much of that, but there's also a sense of your business, which means you have to show a sense of professionalism. And if you don't own your brand, you are asking people, if you're selling something, if you're a business, you're selling something, you're asking people to buy something from you, but you don't even own it. You don't even own what you're selling, right? So what's the point of continuing to invest in something, meaning your business, when you don't even own it? And then how can you say, hey, I want you guys to invest in my brand, but I'm not even going to invest in to own, into owning my brand. I want you to pay me money and I want you to invest in my brand, but I don't even own my brand. It really makes sense. So that, that part doesn't help build your reputation, right? But if you do have a trademark, it shows, hey, I'm taking this serious. This isn't a hobby to me. This is my livelihood. This is what I do and I believe in it and it's powerful. What are the steps that you would suggest in an ideal world? Let's say that someone has an idea. What is next? After idea mode, they brainstormed it all out. They, they know what they're doing, whatever it is. Could be a product, could be a course. And they have the idea, they have the name. What is the first step that you in an ideal world would have them do? I will tell you because it's exactly what I did the other night. Actually, on Friday night, I came home from a conference and I was so inspired and I got right to work. So I have this whole other business concept and idea that has now been generated and it's coming to fruition. But here's exactly what I did. So I came up with the idea, how what I wanted to be about and the name, right? So I have the name in mind. My first question, of course, because it's what I do is, can I even own that name? And I started actually typing out different copy and, you know, your name and your messaging go together a lot of times. Like you can't have a name that doesn't really make sense. For example, my name, my brand name, right, is Lethal Legal. Imagine if my messaging was very like little Bo Peep, frilly, pink, you know, type of vibe in my messaging. That wouldn't pair very well with lethal legal, right? When you think lethal legal, you hear in the messaging more confident, more badass, more like bulletproof your brand type of vibes. So you want to start building out your messaging, but your messaging often coincides with the name of your brand. And so you have to make sure that you can own the name of your brand. So the very first thing that I recommend people do is to do a clearance search to make sure, hey, this is a name that I can actually own. First step, go to TESS, right? You can go to TESS. It's the trademark electronic search system. And you can look up any trademark name you want. Here's the thing. And this is my fear when I tell people, go look at TESS. People are going to be like, I can't test. It's all good. No, test is just a starting point. It's not the end all be all. You can search as much as you want and test and it's never going to give you the full picture. Okay. So you can search, for example, if you type in Starbucks with one S, all of Starbucks trademarks will pop up. If you type in Starbucks with two S's, nothing comes up. That does not mean that you can go trademark Starbucks with two S's. You will instantly get hit with a cease and desist. It's going to get denied by the USPTO. You can't own Starbucks with two S's. 
right? That's going to be too confusingly similar. So number one is look at tests. If that's good and clear, then check other areas, check social handles, check Google, just, just do some basic research on your own. And then if you're like, okay, I think this is a good name, then you want to talk to an attorney. And then that's when you want to get the full comprehensive clearance search done. There's a specific software that we use where we run a report that's going to generate anywhere from 90 to 900 pages. And then we'll sift through all of that information and we can analyze it in a way where we're letting you know, hey, this is going to be too confusingly similar or, hey, there's no other marks that are already registered or pending that are too confusingly similar with the idea that you have. If there are no marks that are too confusingly similar, that means, hey, you're good to go. But that also means you need to get the application in. Because if you wait, if you're like, all right, cool, good to go. Good to go. I don't need to file yet. I'll file in a few months. Within that few months, someone could go on and file something that's too confusingly similar. And then you can no longer own your brand name. And I say that from experience because it's happened to me for my own mark before. I know exactly what I'm doing. I could have gone on and I could have done it and it wouldn't have taken me very long, but I didn't. I was like, oh, you know, put it off, kept moving over on my to-do list. I waited three days to file a trademark. And in those three days, someone went and filed something that was going to be too confusingly similar for the mark that I wanted to file. Time is of the essence with these types of things. What if someone is just starting off or doesn't have the resources to hire an attorney uh, to do this for them? Because I know like typical, just from what I've seen, it does cost a few thousand dollars to get these trademarks filed in the correct way with a professional. If someone is strapped for cash, what are some options for them where they can still protect their brand, but maybe in a way that is easier on the wallet? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So two things. One, you want to start using the TM symbol. Okay. There's a difference between the TM symbol and an R symbol. The TM symbol doesn't really hold any weight but it does at least put other people on notice and could serve as a deterrent, right? So you wanna use that TM symbol. It doesn't, again, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't hold any legal weight because you haven't even filed your application. However, it does say, hey, this is mine. I plan on using it and it would hopefully serve as a deterrent from other people trying to use that name or move forward with it. So that's going to be the free option. The next thing would be, well, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Cause I get it. it. It's a, it's a rock and a hard place when it comes to legal because it is necessary, but I also understand the reality of, Hey, it costs money. Like it does, it costs money. And there is a gap in the access to justice, especially, you know, you're starting a new business. A lot of people are making money right off the bat. They're bootstrapping things together. And it's like, Hey, I, I need these things, but how am I supposed to invest in all of these different legal protections, I would say either find someone who can work with you on a payment plan basis. We personally offer financing for people, which is very helpful. It's a way lower monthly cost. And then also there are different DIY resources. So for example, we created APP, which is asset protection program, which walks people through the A through Z on how to file their trademark on their own, just like I would do it. So we teach you the strategy, we give you the softwares, we show you how to use it. We walk you through everything, every single thing on how to 
own your brand and how to do it just like an attorney would do it if they were handling it for you. I think that's so smart, especially as you're growing, right? Because I remember when we first started, it was like, we're not even living off the business. Plus, you, as you get clients, there's expenses and all these things. But I will say, I have actually gone through your trademark service and it's so important to be able to get that as soon as you're able to afford it. Again, like time, your time is so valuable as you're building your brand to have that just off to the side handled is so, so important. I don't want to scare anyone, but you do kind of have to be scared or at least informed of, of the consequences of not. Do you have any stories that you could share with us of where someone didn't? Off the top of my head, I had clients who came to me and they're like, hey, we received a cease and desist from a company. They weren't my clients before this. So like we didn't, we didn't file trademark for their brand or whatever, but they came to me like, hey, we received this cease and desist from this company. They're saying that we're infringing on their trademark. And I never want to be the one to have to give people bad news. I really don't want to have to do that. That's why I'm saying come to me before so I can solve a problem before the problem ever occurs. But in this case, they were too late. And they were infringing. The reality is they were infringing and they had to pay out a six-figure settlement to avoid getting sued in federal court. Oh my God. Okay, maybe the $2,000 to get the trademark is worth it, even when you're building, to avoid the thousands of dollars. So when that happens, even if they take everything down, they still have to pay? Because, because again, it goes back to that brand reputation and the goodwill, right? They're saying, hey, you've been using our brand name, which means you've been using our brand gift reputation and our goodwill, and you've been profiting off of that. So not only can we, we charge you essentially for it bad, you've been infringing, it's we can take all the profits you've made using that infringing term. So any money that you've made in your business under a name that's infringing on someone else can be taken away from you. That's the key here right? What I'm hearing is owning it means you truly own it because when you don't own it, then you're risking paying someone who does own it. It's like working for someone else's brand. Free labor at that point, you're just working. Yeah. Again, what's the point? And this is the other thing that's a very stark reality that people are having to face right now is the real estate for IP is dwindling. It is going down and down and down. So many people are starting businesses. So many people are filing trademarks. They are protecting the brand. They're owning different assets of their brand, which means people are having to get more innovative. A lot of times we run full clearance searches and it's like, hey, you can't move forward with this. Like I, I know it feels really aligned and I know you want it. In fact, that's, again, when I looked the other night, the first name that I wanted to move forward with already taken. So I had to shift gears right? And say, okay, here, here's a different name that I can actually move forward with and be confident in. And that's something that I see with my clients all the time. That's not something you want to hear, right? I don't want to have to tell you, hey, you can't own this brand name, but I promise you'd rather hear that now than a year from now when you've been building a brand and you're finally ready because you have the money and you're like, I'm ready to invest in owning it. And then I have to tell you, no, mm -hmm. I'd rather you know at the beginning, right? Than when you're ready 
essentially. It's almost like choose when you want to have the heart. Do you want to have it in the beginning or do you want to have it at the end? I would, I would assume the beginning so that you can lay a very nice foundation for, for your fragrance. And it's less gross. It'll hurt a little bit. You might fall a little bit here, but it's not going to be as far as the fall as if you've been building for the last one or two or however many years and then you're finally ready. And it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to have that conversation with people. Hey, I'm yeah. sorry. This brand name isn't going to work. No matter how creative we get, it, it's just, it's not going to work. Right. We, we can't make such happen here. It's not possible. Right? Yeah. And I, I, and which is exactly why I wanted you to come on the podcast, because as you're creating your visual brand, you're creating it for assets, right? But that's what we talk about. That's what you're doing. Every single time you go into a workplace method shoot, we're creating visuals for assets that you have. And if they're not protected underneath the trademark, like you're saying, you're working for someone else or you're you're creating a lot of risk within that. So walk us through your quarterly trademark service. I know you did walk us through the DIY, but walk us through the quarterly trademark service. This is something Workplay Branding as a company went through. So I can 100% vouch for it. But I also think it, it comes together really nicely with what you're already doing inside of the Workplay Method with a quarterly cadence of creating visual content. Yes. So in our trademark subscription service, we file quarterly trademarks for people. So inside of that, we walk through the entire trademark process. We do the clearance search. We do the filing. We walk it all the way through the process for you each quarter. The other thing is as you are bringing things to life, we do unlimited preliminary searches. So what I mean by that is I don't, I don't just mean tests. There's a different software that we use um, that gives us a better idea of, Hey, is this something that is smart to move forward with? If you're like, hey, I want to bring this to life. I'm not ready to do a full clearance search on it yet, but I just, the ideas are flowing and I want to map some things out. What are your thoughts on these three different names? And we can say name number three, totally ruled out. Name number two is actually going to be the strongest. One also has a good shot, but we like number two for reasons X, Y, Z. We think it's going to be stronger, whatever it is. And it really allows us to be a, a partner in the co-creation of bringing those different things to life. And, you know, when you are planning things in your business, even quarterly or whatever it is, you often have a plan for, hey, this quarter I'm going to launch X, Y, Z, right? So say they do a brand shoe and they're doing a brand shoe all around their new membership or whatever it is that they plan on launching. That would be something where it's like, okay, then we're going to take that name and of the membership and we're going to protect that. So you actually have ownership of it. And then the style of your branding can really coincide with the things that you are creating. Oh, it's, and it's so good and it's so easy. I love also the monthly payment rather than one chunk of change all at, all at once. Cause I know like for all of my savvy business owners who are always looking at their margins that can, you know, that can deter you from, protecting it right away. Whereas I feel in your monthly subscription, it's really just like, oh, it's it's nice, it's easy. And it's not so hard on the business to be able to act on your brainstorms, your ideas, all the things that are flowing out of you. The other thing that's so good about the subscription is that 
when you file a trademark, we were talking about, you might have to file in multiple different categories, right? If you're just doing a one-off trademark, each of those different categories has an additional cost. Whereas inside of the subscription, we don't charge additional for those different categories. You have to pay the government filing fee for them, but we don't charge any extra. If you want to file in 10 different categories, that's a lot more work for us, but we're not going to charge you to file in 10 different categories. So that's another really big benefit of the subscription. And what's really cool is that the trademark process takes a long time, right? I mean, you know, it firsthand, it takes a long time. It's taking anywhere now between, between 12 to 18 months. So when people are inside of the subscription, when we file your Q1 trademark, it takes about nine to 10 months before your mark is going to get picked up or go under review by the examining attorney. So we'll file your Q1 trademark. By the time we file your Q4 trademark, that's when the examining attorney is going back to pick up your Q1 trademark. They also look, hey, have they filed any other trademarks? And she can see, or she or he, whoever the examining attorney is, can see, oh yeah, they've filed this many more trademarks. We're going to pick them all up at once and review them. So it kind of fast tracks your other applications to get it on the same timeline as your original filing. So instead of waiting 12 to 18 months from each individual filing date, all of your applications are for, I can never make a promise, but from what we've seen traditionally, you're all going to get picked up around that same time. And then they'll be on that same timeline. So it fast tracks your other applications on their way to registration, which is another really big benefit. Wow. That's so smart and strategic. I love that. I also just think like the abundance of having that is so in line with the abundance of having shoots and, and creating things for your brand. So it gives, as someone who was going through it, it gives you so much space to try different things while knowing that you're protected. So you feel really supported in that. And I think that's very invaluable because it's hard to reach out to a lawyer and like, hey, it's like, hey, I have this crazy idea. I know that we had an idea and then we scrapped it. And then it's, but because it's a, it's more of an ongoing relationship, it feels more supported and it, and it doesn't tie you into one corner. You know what I mean? Right. So I am going to ask you the same two questions I ask all of our guests. Why do you think it's important to do a quarterly visual marketing strategy within your business for your brand? I think it all goes back to your brand reputation, right? As your brand continues to grow and evolve, so do you. And that visual element really plays into it. Not only that, but it also makes you look more professional. People Listen, at the end of the day, we can try and fight it as much as we want. There's an age-old saying, and it remains true, and it will remain true until the day we die, sex sells. Okay? It does. So when you look good, and that doesn't mean you have to dress skippy. What I mean by that is when things look nice, when things look put together, when things look professional, things sell more. We can't fight it. We can't fight it. It is true. If you want to be taken seriously, if you want to have a good brand reputation, if you want people to respect you and see you as a professional, you have to show up nice and put together and have that visual element to it. To piggyback off of this, I think when you look nice, when you're having that success, it then puts a target on your back. 
for if you are not protected. And I don't know if you can speak to that, but that's kind of what I've noticed with members going through it is now that you've done this, you've created this visual brand, people are now watching. And then when people are watching, it it opens the door for things to happen. Mm-hmm. More copycats, more eyes on you. Exactly. You want. Here's the other thing. People, especially when they want the visual element of it, you want that visibility. You want that virality. But do you really want that if you aren't taking steps to own any of the things that you're creating? Because you're just setting yourself up for more copycats to have their eyes on you. So the two really go hand in hand. They're they're of equal importance. What is one piece of advice you would tell workplace members? I would say to never make decisions based on how small you feel now, right? A lot of people that I see starting out are like, I, I, I don't, I'm not ready for a trademark. All those legal protections feel scary. They feel out of reach. They feel inaccessible. They feel unapproachable. And that's really, I mean, with this conversation, with all the work I do, that's, I really try and break down the barriers to that because that's not how it has to be. I think that a lot of times when we hear anything legal related, there's a very specific image we get in our heads, right? You're thinking this weird stuffy law firm and it's all intimidating. It doesn't have to be like that, whether it's me, whether it's someone else. There's so many attorneys out there who are nice and who are approachable and who care about you and are invested in your success. And it's important to be as equally invested in your own success, right? So don't make decisions or don't hesitate to make decisions now because you think, oh, I don't need that right now. Or, oh, I don't know if anything's ever going to be big enough to where I would need a trademark or need legal protections. Well, I can tell you not with that mindset, right? Like if that's your mindset, then certainly not. Of course, it's never going to get there. So if you go into it with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to make this happen. And this is just, here's another, we're doing a two for now. Here's another piece of advice. Don't have a plan B, right? Like I, so when I went to law school, I did not have a plan B. People are like, what are you going to go? What are you going to do if you don't get into law school? I said, I'm I'm getting into law school. There is no plan B. Like this is happening, period. And it happened. You have to believe in yourself and you just have to go for it, right? If you're setting a plan B, you are essentially saying, well, there's a chance plan A might fail. And I don't like that. I don't want to think about what that failure might look like. If it happens, fine. I'll figure it out and deal with it. But I'm not going to give myself the option for a backup in the event that something fails when that's not where my head's at. That's not where our mindset needs to be at, right? You need to go into it with the mindset of plan A is going to work. This is what's going to happen. Here's how I'm going to make it happen. And that's the end of it, period. And when you're fully invested in plan A, you're going to do things to make sure plan A works to make sure there's no cracks in a plan a <laughs> i think that is beautiful beautiful advice chandler thank you so much for coming on the workplay podcast where can everyone find you on my instagram lawyer chandler j and then my website is your thank you so much This podcast is edited and produced by the Virtual Assistant Studio. This episode of the Workplay Podcast is brought to you by Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online. 
In 2019, they revamped the Workplay method and have been using this exact process to launch businesses' visual marketing strategies all over North America and in Europe. Head over to workplaybranding.com to learn exactly how you can launch your visual marketing strategy and cohesive brand for less than $500 a month.